This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book Four, Coming Home, Chapter Six. Assam waited with his back against the door, giving his eyes time to adjust. After so long walking through the dim passages, the light inside was almost blinding. It did not help that most everything in the room was painted an eye-twisting riot of pink. It made him think of the mint-flavored, chalky medicine his father would bring him, of nausea and unsettled nights with a sick stomach. There was a chandelier hanging from the ceiling, the bare bulb shaded with cones of red and pink tissue paper. A few of these makeshift shades had slipped askew and were slowly turning brown against the bulbs. Long strands of beads hung from each branch of the light at different lengths, giving it an unstable, cockeyed look, like more or less everything else in the room. In one corner there was a jumble of old books, children's books. The ceiling above was stained and the books had a sodden, swelled look to them, and the covers were decorated with a fine lacework of mold. Assam thought that he could see a few mushrooms growing out of them as well. There was a threadbare sofa against one wall. It might once have been white, but now it had long faded to a dull yellow. The fabric was dotted with dark, brownish-red splotches here and then. They might once have been patterns, or flowers, or bloodstains. Atop the couch was a massive pile of dirty laundry. Hassam could smell it from where he was standing, old perfume gone sour and bitter, the sharp ammonia tang of cat urine. He resisted the urge to gag. On a small table next to the couch, a plastic radio in the shape of the head of a popular Japanese cartoon cat stared back at him. The plastic case was cracked down the center. Static and snatches of old show tunes spilled out of the head wound. The plastic cat stared blankly at him, past him. There was a door on the far wall, and he picked his way toward it. The floor was a disaster. Broken crayons and dried-up bottles of glitter nail polish crunched under his feet, the once bright colors crumbling like scabs. Here and there, broken doll parts lay abandoned, severed heads staring up at him with hollow eyes, chubby little arms waving as they went under for that last time. It was as if someone had taken the typical little girl's room, sealed it off, and left it to rot. At the other door... He put his hand on the knob. A long, shuddering moan filled the room behind him. Assam turned. The room, for all of its clutter, was empty. He waited, heart pounding. Then, the stinking pile of laundry on the couch heaved and lurched as another moan came sliding out of it like diarrhea. He realized his mistake immediately. It wasn't laundry. It was a person bundled up in layers and layers of old clothes. They moaned again, rolling over with effort to face him. The pale, bloated face stared back up at him. Those tiny, sunken eyes narrowed for a moment. Then they spread wide in horror. Vague whispers came out of the toothless gash that had once been a mouth. The eyes, yellow and rimmed in red, rolled back as the thing on the couch began to scream. It was a woman, Assam realized, horribly obese and apparently insane. He held up his hands, palms out. I'm sorry, he said. 
I didn't mean to bother you. The woman screamed again, long and hard, until a coughing fit overtook her and a spasm of hacking gasps. One pudgy hand clambered out, digging into the cushion beneath her. A half-filled bottle of pop reappeared, clutched in the chubby fist. The woman unscrewed the top with her sausage fingers and drained the bottle. The sickly red liquid ran down her chin into the folded maze of her neck. The bottle fell to the floor and her hands fluttered in the vicinity of her throat like pudgy butterflies. After she had regained her composure, the woman took three deep breaths and slowly let them out. Finally, she choked something out, her fat mouth working around the words like a dog worrying at the last few scraps of meat on a bone. She stared at him, expectantly. Assam realized she was waiting for some kind of answer. I'm sorry? The woman waved one hand at him, gesturing, beckoning for him to come closer. Assam did not particularly want to go closer. There was nothing he wanted more in the world than to not go closer. But she gave him a look of such despair that his heart sank. She knew what she was, how she looked, how she smelled. She knew how disgusting he must find her. She croaked again, a handful of mangled words falling out of her mouth in a clump. He moved closer, cautiously, breathing through his mouth and comforting himself with the thought that in all likelihood he would probably be able to outrun her if it came down to it. He knelt down next to the sofa, just out of reach. The woman stared him full in the face, letting out a long, shuddering sigh. She burped, sending a sour cloud towards Assam. He gagged and leaned back, unable to keep the revulsion from his face. The woman began to choke again. It took him a moment to realize that, no, she was only crying. She reached out for him, her thick fingertips brushing his cheek before he could pull back. He hated himself for flinching, but she smiled and cooed reassuringly, her pink fingers still waving in the air like the delicate fronds of an anemone. She said something, a jumble of sounds, nothing more. It was his name, he realized. She said his name. She knew his true name. Then she said, You came back for me. Staring down into those familiar eyes brimming with grateful love, Assam felt his mind split gently in two. And then, at that moment, far off in the maze, he heard his sister scream. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and read by the author, P.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.
This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Please direct all inquiries to the attention of the author at www.tmcamp.com. If you are unable to access the Internet, spread a thin layer of peanut butter over a slice of whole wheat bread, sprinkle it with unsalted sunflower seeds, and place it on the sill of any second-story window in your home. When the Blue Jay arrives, whisper your request to her. She will pass it along. If you live in a home with only one story, move.